0: Hey podcast people, how's it going? Azrin the Language Nerd here, owner of the Calgary Language Nerds, and welcome to this podcast episode. I have a few things that I would like to share today, and there isn't really a a logical connection between any of them, they're just some random and yet, I think, interesting thoughts that I had in my mind tonight. So the first one is something that I believe many of the podcast listeners are going to find beneficial. I've decided to put together a free 2-week boot camp for people learning French and or Spanish. The way it works is there are going to be 4 classes per week, group classes, and there are and there's going to be 3 days of homework. So 4 days a week you have a class, 3 days a week you have some homework. If you are unable to attend all of the classes, that is perfectly acceptable. The way that I'm going to run the classes, it will be just fine if you're not there all of the time. The structure will be the following. In the first 15 minutes or so I will cover off one grammar point, pronunciation point, or vocabulary point. The purpose of that first 15-20 minutes is going to be to give you, to teach you something in the language in a structured way that allows you to actually communicate better. One of the flaws that I see in many language learning classrooms is that you The teachers will will teach you certain grammar points, pronunciation points, or vocabulary points, but the way that they teach it and the amount of time they spend on it is not conducive for what you learned to actually help you converse better or improve improve your communicative abilities. In simpler terms, I could put it like this. You might learn the present tense in French in a classroom, But it is explained in such complex and strange terms that you're trying to memorize these complex rules that do not actually help you when you are trying to communicate. Or here's another example. When I was taking Mandarin classes just last semester, and even in the past, not just last semester, but when I've taken Mandarin classes in the past, sometimes I've had, actually, often I've had teachers who will explain certain sentence patterns in Mandarin, but they do it in such a complex way that even for me, it doesn't really make sense. They'll often use technical grammar words that don't make sense, and I don't actually understand what they're trying to teach. Or sometimes I get it deeply enough for me to write it and answer some worksheets and regurgitate it on the test, but I wouldn't be able to actually uh, implement it or use it in a spoken way. And so I believe this this is a flaw that many language classes have. Maybe... Arguably, I would say the majority of language classes have it depends on the teacher, of course, but I suppose we can settle that mess we can settle on the fact that many language classes have this problem, and the way that I'll be teaching this boot camp is that um anything I teach grammar wise vocabulary wise, or pronunciation wise will be done in such a way that it's going to uh, it's going to help you actually converse a little bit better, if that makes sense. And it won't be the the biggest focus of the class because after that initial fifteen minutes, there will be a variety of a variety of conversation activities for you to actually practice listening and practice speaking in the target language. As I said, it's a two week boot camp designed to give you a nice jump start in those two languages. The French and Spanish boot camp is designed, I would say, primarily for people that have some A level that is between an absolute beginner and perhaps a low intermediate. If you have a a level that's higher than low intermediate, it's probably not the best for you. You're still welcome to attend, but I haven't really designed the boot camp for people with this upper intermediate level or advanced level. So you might find it a little bit boring or a slow pace. But by all means, if you want to come for two weeks and maybe that's a way for you to review and... And reinforce some things that you knew before by all means you are still welcome to attend just understand that you'll probably be taking mostly mostly a back seat Um, anything else I want to say on the program as I said before that the program is free to attend the way that I've set it up is that it is done on a pay-what-you-can basis with a recommended pay with a recommended donation of $3 per class you don't have to pay $3 per class I Basically, my expectation is that you you are honest and you pay what you can afford. If you can afford $1 per class, fantastic. If you have $0 in the bank account and you cannot afford a single penny per class, perfectly acceptable and you can still attend. I will not hold it against you. If you're able to afford $20 per class and that's what that's worth for you, well, then I would I would appreciate it if you pay that. I Basically, that's, that's the expectation I'm setting, that I will trust you to pay what you can afford and what the whole boot camp is worth to you. And that's basically how I've set it up. And I won't ask any questions as to how much you're paying or how much you are not paying. So if you'd like details for that, send me a message on Instagram, Facebook. Those are probably the two best places to message me. Or if you have, uh, if you have my email, which many of you do at this point because we've emailed back and forth, you're welcome to email me and I can send you all of the details. The bootcamp actually starts up this upcoming week. French starts on Monday. On Monday, June, what is that, June 7th? I believe it's June 7th. Spanish starts directly after that. So Spanish will start two weeks in two weeks. So I believe that's going to be the 17th, if I did that math right in my head. I've tried to organize the time zones, the times of the class, that it's mostly friendly for people in North America and Europe. Unfortunately, the times are not ideal for those of you in Asia. I can't please everyone, and... With my schedule and basically with the availability I have, I I was only able to find some times that work well for North Americans and Europeans. So I did the best I could. Now something else on my mind today, which is in relation to this boot camp here, is a piece of advice I would like to give people that doesn't really have much to do with language learning, but has to do with people who who work in some form of self-employment or some form of business role which I understand is kind of niche, but I would like to spend two or three minutes on this. One of the things that I do that benefits my business is I give away my primary service for free. So think about this. Think about what's happening with this boot camp. I'm going to be teaching French and Spanish with without, uh, without demanding any money. You do not have to pay money to attend. I'm asking for what you can afford, but if you don't, I'm not, I'm not going to say, oh, you didn't pay me. Or often when people have meetings with me and I just give you language learning advice or my, my language learning starter kit or the free, the free course I have on how to learn a language, I do a lot. I offer my service, the service that I charge money for, I offer it for free as well and it's the most counterintuitive thing whenever i share this with most most people and i've always struggled to explain why i do it and why it makes so much sense in my head but today it made perfect sense to me and i wanted to put it out in such a way that made sense to other people in very clear terms and the reason i do it is because there's a couple of reasons number one when you offer your service for free it creates positive word of mouth if i for instance it's if i offer this boot camp for example and people attend you're going to view my business positively and the next time someone is trying to learn French or Spanish or whatever language I will be top of mind and you are going to refer me to your friend or your family member or whoever you meet that is trying to learn a language in a similar light if you ever are going to look to learn a language you are going to use my services because you view me in a positive light And appreciate what I did for free because nobody, nobody offers their primary business service for free. Nobody does that. Okay. Now the way I do it in a way to make it still profitable is I will offer my my services in a group environment for free. But anything that's private or in like a semi-private environment, that's where I charge money. Or maybe I'll do like one free class or two free classes. But after that, of course, I have to ask for money, of course. So I offer my, business, my services in a group environment for free, right? And then in private environments, what I do is I offer any short-term help without asking for any money. If it's short-term, I'll just help you out. If it's going to be long-term, I'm going to ask for money and I'm, I'm going to put a fair price tag on it. So that's how I, that's how I choose to do it. And I believe, to, I believe this to be a, a, um, a useful business strategy. I think it's a very good idea. If you are a plumber... And let's say you have a plumbing business, I actually think it's a good idea for you to be offering a certain amount of plumbing services for free at all points in time because it's such a great word of mouth. Now, you have to do it profitably, so maybe you have to be the one who goes out and does the free plumbing work because you don't want to pay someone to do it because that costs you money and it puts you in a financially difficult position. But for you to go do a little bit of free plumbing work is going to, be, is going to lead to word of mouth. Or, similarly to me, I make a lot of content about language learning for a plumber to make lots of content about here's how to fix your own toilet or even something like this here's a good idea for a plumber if a plumber were to say hey let's hop on a video call you got a problem with your toilet show me and maybe i can even help you virtually someone helped me fix my heating in my house that way he helped me virtually fix my furnace it was so cool and it was free i'll never forget it it blew my mind i'll I, i think so positively of this company now i'll never forget this okay so it's, it's, a, it's a smart, it's a smart business strategy that leads to word of mouth, and also, it leads to word of mouth and leads to trust with with the with the end consumer. I, I believe in that, I believe in that tremendously. So you're offering your service for free in exchange for exposure to get more paid business in the future. Let me give you one more example. Um, look at my free course, right? I have this free course on how to learn a language. I ask for nothing or rather, I should rephrase that. I don't force you or demand that you pay money for it. It is easily accessible for anybody. Anybody can go access it. Anybody can use it. You can go through the course materials. You can actually follow the course for free because I've I've, I've structured it in such a way that if you're going to pay $0, you can still use the course, right? But in the course, I've said, hey, listen, one of the things you're going to need is a speaking partner or a tutor. If you go down the tutor route, I offer tutoring services. Now, I understand my services are not ideal for everyone, for price reasons, for a wide variety of reasons. So I give alternatives, and I'm just being—I'm just being an unbiased person. I'm just being unbiased and saying, listen, here's your options. Here's where I'm strong. Here's where, for example, Italki has a level up on me. Here's why I'm better than Italki. This is my honest opinion. If you don't want to go down those routes, here's some free options. But just by saying that, of course, not everyone goes to my business, but enough people do to, that make it profitable, right? Or another example would be this workbook. Some people purchase workbooks. Some of you have already purchased workbooks. I don't force you to. You don't have to, but the option is there. So you offer something that is genuinely useful for free, and you have an optional, you have an optional purchase of something. Kind of like you have a really good service for free and then you have a couple of optional things that people could purchase should they see value in that right and then that's that and make sure you don't hold back on your free product i think that's important don't hold back i see a lot of people that hold back well not that i see a lot of people do i see a lot of people i mean i think some people intuitively i feel like some people hold back on their free product because they really want to get you to pay and my view on it is listen give something that's genuinely really useful for free. And have a paid service that's even better than what the free service is. Have something that is genuinely really good for free that is like, wow, that's for free? And then offer something else that's paid but is an extra layer that's, that adds to that free service that you offer, right? My Japanese tutor made, made this funny comment to me the other day. They're like, because they're, they're the newest, among the newest tutors I've hired, right? And they're like, hey, Azrin, so you're paying us to teach this class every week and i was thinking about something and i realized that like you know so far we i think at the point when they were talking to me about it they had like three or four students that i'd given them and they're like yeah you know you give me we found three or four paying students like you're paying us every week for this class and listen Azrin, like is it worth it for you and they then one of them even said yeah like if if it's, it's such a good free class i mean if i were a student i wouldn't pay for classes i would just go to the free class that was the comment they made. And I was like, yeah, but listen, there, there will be people that will, they'll come through. They do come through because you, yes, the free class is good, but there's 50 people in the free class. So you are telling me that the free class is so good that you yourself wouldn't pay for a paid class. But then, then it just imagine how good the small group classes or the private classes, just imagine how good that is, especially with the reasonably fair prices that my business offers. I was explaining that to her, and I, and who knows if it fully made sense. It's such a difficult concept to understand, but yeah, she's pretty smart. I'm sure she actually got it. I'm sure it made sense to her. Um, so that's on my mind today. And if anyone's out there that is self-employed or wants to become self-employed, wants to t- become a tutor or something of that nature, I mean, this is something for you to think about. It's something for you to really, really think about because it's a it's a smart marketing strategy. Listen, last year, 46% of my business, my new business, new students, 46% came from all my free efforts, all the free things I do. 46%. So 54% did come from actual advertisements that I run, of course. So that's not trivial. That's it's, it's not trivial whatsoever, but 46%, that's almost half that came from my free efforts. That's a pretty big number and pretty big percentage in my eyes. Changing gears one last time, and then I'm going to go to sleep. Um, I would like to talk about um, just a couple of a couple of tried and true methods to learn a language that can help you. These are not the first times I've talked about them, but they're so effective and so simple, and something anybody can really do. Um, and I think I can't talk about them enough. I can I can talk about these over and over, and they're they're good to talk about. So the first one here is at any point in the day, look around you and ask yourself not ask yourself. Look around you and find three things that you don't know how to say in your target language and look it up in a dictionary. I recommend you do this in the same room of your house or the same place outside or just make sure you're in the same place every time you do this because within a, you know, two to four week window, you're going to really have a good grasp of those objects in that space in your target language. And that's a great vocabulary tool. The other one you can do, it's its another simple task, well, simple in principle, but actually pretty difficult to do. You spend 20 minutes a day thinking in your target language and ideally thinking out loud as in you're talking to yourself. Wow, that will make a big difference. It will make a big, big difference if you do it for 20 minutes a day. This is ideal for people that have a little bit of a base in the target language. Although you could do it at a beginner level, it would just be less than 20 minutes. So I do it for Japanese for about 60 second chunks of time a day because that's all I really can do I was walking outside today and I was like oh and I saw some trees and I was like oh and I just pointed at it actually did I pointed at it I was like oh what's the word for tree in Japanese hm, I forget the word for tree in Japanese is it ki I can't remember anymore I knew I remembered when I was walking and I was like oh and I pointed out and I said the word for tree in Japanese and then I was like oh this is a tree I had a tree right beside me then I pointed at a far tree I was like that's a tree and then I walked around and I was like oh look and I pretended I know what to say alligator and I pretended I pretended that there's an alligator and I was like oh look there's an alligator there's a tree the alligator's at the tree and like just stupid stuff like that did it for two minutes and then I went on with my life because my Japanese is really beginner I can't think in 20 minutes for Japanese it's just too hard I don't have the vocabulary or the grammar knowledge but that's a really effective strategy you can do. Really, at any point of your language learning journey, the more beginner you are, the less time you can spend per day. The more advanced you are, the more time I'd encourage you to do that per day. So those are two very tried, tried and true strategies. The third one I'll give, and then we'll wrap this podcast up here, is um, this is it's not really a strategy, but it's a framework that I that I that I use for myself when it comes to language learning, which is there's. There's a few different types of activities I think people should be doing at all points of time when learning a language. I think there's some form of speaking and conversation practice that's always beneficial. The second one would be listening practice. Now listening practice is, is split split into two categories. One is listening to things that are at your level of fluency. So if you're a beginner, you're listening to things that are designed for beginners. If you're an intermediate, you're listening to things designed for intermediates intermediate speakers. And the second I suppose, branch of listening practice is listening to things that are made for native speakers and trying to catch one or two little things you can. When you listen to things designed for native speakers, the goal is to, is to catch, is basically to find 10 to 20 things per video, per audio clip, per movie that you didn't quite understand but you want to understand and you ask someone what, what those mean. That's the goal. And if you're really beginner, when you're listening to things that are made for native speakers, you're trying to even pick up a few words here and there where you can, that you recognize, and train your ears to get used to the sounds of the language. So we have speaking practice, we have the listening practice, which has two separate branches, of course. Then we have, of course, the traditional homework. This is any form of actual studying. So a lot of language learners default into doing study-type strategies when they start learning a language, textbooks, audios, uh, textbook audios of course, applications, taking classes, things of this nature, things of that nature. That's also a third type of activity you should be doing. Um, within that, by the way, I should mention is reading practice. You don't have to do reading practice, but within that study for that study category, I would put reading practice in that bucket as well, which many people get a lot of benefit out of. The fourth thing we have is what I call a revisit and review. So every eight to twelve weeks, I think you should relook at all of your notes, and quiz yourself on them, and also make, and also check in on not check in, also revisit things that maybe you forgot that you used to know but you forgot, or maybe you didn't fully get the first time you studied it, and you need to go back and try relearning it. And the fifth and final type of learning activity, uh, which is the mo- which is the only one that's optional, would be passive listening. For instance, listening to music or podcasts in the background while you do something else. These are five different learning activities. And I think when you look at your language learning strategy, it's important to have a somewhat of a balance between these different activities. So the five activities, again, are passive listening, which is optional, traditional homework or traditional studying, speaking slash conversation practice, listening practice, And lastly, every 8 to 12 weeks, doing a a comprehensive review of all of your notes. So everybody, um, as a reminder, before we finish this podcast, I have my two-week French and Spanish boot camps coming up. Send me a message on Instagram or Facebook. My username is at polyglotazarin, P-O-L-Y-G-L-O-T-A-Z or Z-R-E-N. Send me a message. I can send you all the details. That starts up this upcoming Monday, so literally in a few days. Um... And we'll have those running throughout the month of uh, month of June. Thank you for your attention. I appreciate it. It's time for me to go to sleep. It's two twenty two. Have a great night. Bye bye.